Welcome to the Financial Advisors Edge Podcast, a show created by financial advisors for financial advisors. Are you ready for some straight talk about building and growing a financial services practice? Four advisors in different states at different firms that have each built $100 million plus practices from scratch the right way through hard work, doing the right thing, and having fun while doing it. It's time for you to get the edge. Here are your hosts, Brad Warhurt, Jeff Copeland, Jim Martin, and Greg Gonzalez. Hey, and welcome in to the Financial Advisors Edge podcast. My name is Jim Martin. I am joined by Jeff, Brad, and Greg today. Uh, we're excited uh, to to do this episode. We, we're going to cover a lot of different topics today. And one of the things we've learned since doing this are we, we've met some amazing people. Um, I, I, I were, we were talking uh, before we got started about the folks who we've communicated with and connected with on our Facebook community or who have visited our website, how... Um, how awesome they are. You know, sometimes we lose sight of how great advisors are. And I know there's, I know there's a lot of uh, varying degrees of sophistication, if you will, or um, uh, advisor skills, but we're really coming across some really great people. And we've had a lot of questions come in. So we're going to do the proverbial mailbag today as we, as we're kind of wrapping out the year here. And I I think this will be, uh, I think we're getting a lot of these questions answered. So listen, because, you know, chances are if one advisor has these questions, somebody else will. If you have questions, by the way, you can reach us on our uh, Facebook community. Uh, we have a lot of folks joining and asking questions and growing. Uh, remember, iron sharpens iron. Uh, having having a group of people help you along the way is a really big deal. Uh, that's uh, the Financial Advisors Edge community right on Facebook. You can join us there. Uh, you can check that out in the show notes if you don't remember it. So check the show notes of this, and there's a link provided where you can it'll take you right to the group. Just join it. We'd love to have you as part of our community. Um, we, we had, so we did a, um, on our, on our community, we did a really cool event the other day. We did a, um, just a Facebook live, uh, with the group where we, we talked about building your ideal practice and, and through that Facebook live event, we had a ton of questions come in. We couldn't even get to them all after 50 minutes. Uh, I had to tap out and, uh, and I, but I know we had some unanswered questions and we thought this would be a good place to uh, feel them. So Brad, I know you were the, uh, you were the, the, the collector of the questions and, uh, you were, you were chatting up a storm in there. What, what kind of, what was the first one? What was a big question we got from one of our, uh, one of our listeners? Yeah. So the, I'm just going to go in chronological order from what we missed last night. Um, we had one that says, do we, do we track different key performance indicators, like closing ratio and to what extent ROI on marketing leads and what are the main ones to focus on? So key performance indicators. APIs. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'll, I'll jump on that one first and then you guys throw in, but uh, yeah, absolutely. We actually have a KPI report. We absolutely capture KPIs. I would contend that not every, uh, more data is better, but data can be very overwhelming when you're trying to run a business and you've got to have somebody to collect it. So you got to pick out the ones that are really important. Uh, but everybody on my team has a KPI report that they turn in every Friday. We dump that data into a master report and then we cover, our, cover it on our Monday meeting. And our KPIs are around production, around ROI on on marketing, of course. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. I think mean, uh, that when we um and we talked about this on our um on our Facebook Live, but you know we're putting together a a mastermind event in 2023 
about building your ideal practice and living your dreams. And when we're talking about one of our one of our areas we're going to talk about are systems and processes and KPI reports are definitely going to be part of it because you get what you track in life. So it's a big deal. Jeff, how about you? Are you uh, do you I know you're very uh, detail oriented. Do you do you track a lot of data or KPIs? I'm trying to figure this answer out for myself because honestly the the biggest issue I am dealing with is how many things are we currently doing and spending time on that aren't generating revenue to the bottom line. And it's easy to get lost in running reports and looking at reports and talking about reports and then having a meeting about when you should meet about talking about reports. <laughs> um, and so candidly, I'm kind of unwinding as much of that as I can right now. Um, and so I would maybe look at this. Yeah, Yes, we're looking at reports, but at the end of the day, um, it's what are we trying to, what small steps can we take and what can we learn from our data to get us moving closer to what our end goals are. So um, I'm more concerned with, um, we've got certain numbers, say of clients that we're serving, how many of those clients are generating appropriate levels of revenue for the time that we spend on them? And are there more efficient ways that we can work with them so that we can generate more revenue from the more ideal clients and so on? So all I'd say on that is, yes, we do, but be careful about getting too lost in the weeds um, on something you just are doing to take up everyone's time to generate more meetings and make sure that you're looking at what are the two or three most important data points and then are you actually leveraging those data points into activity? Because if you're not leveraging them into activity, you're just spending time reading and um, talking about reports. Yeah, you're playing manager. Yeah. So right. let, let's talk about KPIs. I'm going to throw out a couple we track. And then uh, Greg and Brad, tell me if these are terrible or um, or you capture other ones. We capture, we, we track first appointments, marketing spend. Uh, close rate. So I want to know how well I'm closing on first appointments and then return on the marketing dollars we spend. And we track a couple other smaller things because you, you've got to have a KPI for your operations manager or your ops team because you got to you got to help keep them motivated. Are you guys tracking things outside of that? All right. I'll 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 uh kind of comment on on some of those. As far as marketing, yes, uh absolutely you want to see, you know, what is your marketing paying off? Are those uh I, I use the old analogy of I have different lines in the water, right? You know, different marketing funnels that I have. If one's not paying off, well, am I doing something wrong? Can I tweak it? Uh, or is it something I need to eliminate altogether? Make some changes there. The, the thing that where people go wrong with that is they'll track it for like one month and then they'll say, they'll make a decision. Well, that didn't work. And it's like, well, you only gave it a month. You gave it four weeks, brother. You, you got, you know, this, this might not pay off for another three months or six months. You know, uh, if, if you plant, you know, whatever it is, it's, it's not going to grow fruit the next day. And some people are just, they don't have patience with marketing. So, so tracking it over an extended period of time, is I think most beneficial. Don't just give it a week or a month, you know, track it over a longer period. You know, I have a question kind of related to the ROI on marketing. Do you guys have either a hard and fast or a general rule on what your minimum ROI is on a marketing activity for you to continue to do it and make it worth your time? I, I want to get my money back year one. So I want a one for okay. one. Um, especially, you know, obviously if you, if you're an annuity guy, that, that math is not going to work. You know, like if all you do is sell commission products, that that's bad math. But if you're, um, if you're selling things with a trail, I mean, you know, it's, it's, uh, you, you're, you get it, the next year you get a two for one. <laughs> so right. 
You know, so yeah, I want to, and, and in fact, what I normally do when I'm tracking on my KPIs is I, I will take, um, let's imagine I had a hundred thousand dollars at 1%. I'm actually going to take a $2,000 revenue from that. I'm going to assume that I'm going to keep that client for a minimum of two years, uh, when I'm assessing my, my ROI, but to answer your question for me, absolutely. Uh, but I, but I'm okay to, um, I'm okay for it to pay back to be over two years. If I have to, if I get a one for one, I'm great. Uh, if you can get a two for one, a three for one, a four for one, I mean, you know, I heard this, I heard this put by another advisor that, um, that ran a really big business. He said, if you walked up to a slot machine and you put a hundred dollars in or a dollar in, and it gave you a dollar 50 back, what are you going to do? You're going to sit at that damn slot machine all day long and feed dollar bills into it and pull the lever. And that's what marketing is on our business. Yeah. That's interesting, Jim. That's pretty much the same that I use. A one for one is like a lottery ticket. I mean, that's a killer activity. If it takes two years, that's uh, that's still a no brainer to me, right? If it's going to pay me back in two years and year three starts profit, uh, that's no brainer. From there, I guess I could look at it, take a closer look, but but two year payoff is is what I look for at least. Greg, Jeff, how about you guys? Well, I was just going to say, Brad, that's the right question. Like to Greg's point, a month is too short. But then right. I would suggest whenever you go into any new spending venture, you have to decide what's too long too. So there's too short and then there's too long. Okay. And it's easy to hang on to something out of hope. And uh, Smart Asset is the best example. I cut it after uh, I think I gave it six months and I probably gave it seven and got zero. So it was a total loss. Okay. And I maybe could have ridden it a little harder, but it didn't feel like it was going to pay. So I gave that one six months, whether or not that was enough, maybe not, but we had other things taking our time. Um, so yeah, one to two years would typically be my standard. Okay. No, Can I have your old leads? Yeah. <laughs> you don't want them. <laughs> now this is a great conversation because um, it's like a lot of things in life. It's tough to, uh, tough to run your business and know where to deploy dollars without, uh, without data. Uh, at, at, when, again, I mentioned our mastermind group that we're putting together, but we are putting that together. Uh, we're going to announce that first part of uh, first quarter of 2023. And when we do that, we'll um, w- one of our areas we're going to get dive into are what are what are the metrics you need to track? So what are the KPIs that will help move the needle for you to scale your business? And to Jeff's point, people just start tracking random stuff that essentially have no value. And you're just wasting your time. Nick Murray uh, said it best. That's like prospecting avoidance. Like that's what that is. Br- uh, Brad and Greg on our on our Zoom meeting the other night were we're talking about this relative to people in investment management. You know, these guys get Wall Street Journal and Kiplinger's and advisors sit there and read them. Guys, I don't think I've read a Wall Street Journal except if I've been on a plane and found a free one in my life. Like, like that stuff has no value to you. Like running a personal financial advising practice, but. Teach their own. With that said, let's move on uh, to the next question. What else we got out there, Brad? All right. So we have, I, I think we have two more, basically. Uh, one's a softball, and and the other one I'm combining two or three questions. So you guys want, uh, you guys want a softball one? Yeah. Jeff's uh, a baseball fan. There you go. Actually, that might apply to the answer. Um, you guys seem like you work really hard. What do you do to unwind when you're not working? That's an awesome question. You know, we we don't often get to talk about like what we love to do and who we are. And uh, I know who sent that, and I really do want to. I really want to say their name on this, but um, <laughs> but I won't. I, I don't want to. That'd be too rich for me to do. All right, uh, Jeff, um, what do you do in your free time? Oh, excellent question. I work really hard to devote full days 
on the lake on the boat with as I can't say no yet, but as little connection to the cell phone as possible. Total unwinding. Um, so that, and then drinking beer at, at professional baseball games as well is something that takes up a good chunk of my time That's in the awesome. summer. That's yeah. awesome. How about you, Brad? I, I think I already know what you do, and uh, we want the uh, PG version of this. Brad, hey, if it's not raining and it's uh, above like 35 degrees, I'm probably on a motorcycle. In in one day, we're going to have to post the video. Of, and this is why I'm saying this. Brad, on this motorcycle, he sends videos sometimes. This stuff scares me, guys. Like He is like taking he, – he's like redlining this thing, and uh, he does not have a moped. I do have a moped also. It's a oh, well, I mean, on, on the video, that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're, you're a, you're a car and motorcycle enthusiast. That's what, uh, that's what you do. Absolutely. It's awesome, man. Greg, how about you? Like what, who, who, who is this mysterious man named Greg Gonzalez? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. We'll go with the PG, but, uh, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I got a farm. I spend a lot of time at, I can, uh, I can take the UTV over there. I got a, uh, Honda pioneer, which is a lot of fun and I can fish and shoot guns and hunt and all that kind of stuff. So, um, uh, you know, that's good. I, I also watch a lot of sports. I know a lot about, uh, you know, college football, college basketball, <laughs> all that good stuff. So yeah, I watch a lot of sports and, uh, and I like to drink too. So <laughs> There you Jim, go. you got called out on the on the Zoom as the bourbon guy, uh, which I I corrected in the chat immediately. I'm yeah. the bourbon guy. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, for me, I'm like Greg. Greg, I'm like you. I, I'm hunting and fishing and loving every day. I love to travel. Um, uh, you know, I, I think the I think the easy thing to remember is we while we're really dedicated to our crafts, I I think the reality is when you're at work, you've got to work. And you can't go in and play office. And I think that's what everybody on this podcast does really well. When they show up to work, they're there to work. And you know the fact is, is if you take your day and you look at it, you don't have to be in the office eight hours a day if you don't want to. You can probably get done at about four or three, assuming it's not client appointments. Um, you can get done at three or four what you probably screw around with for eight hours, generally speaking. So if you want to enjoy your free time, you know, be, be efficient in the office, like be efficient. I know, I know that's like, that's how, that's how Jeff is able to go out and sit on the boat and screw around and turn a cell phone off because he's got a team and efficient, he's efficient while he's there. And Brad can ride his motorcycles and Greg can drink and shoot guns. That's not a good combo, Greg. (laughs) Those those weren't in order. I know. Did you give your answer, Jim? Yeah, hunting. I, I I like to travel. I like to uh, I, I like to be outside. I cu- I cut wood. I, I like to be outside. Anything I do outdoors, I'm a fan of. If, if whether it's hiking, camping, hunting, fishing, I just uh, yeah. Or or in, and I like sushi too. So if I can find a great sushi restaurant, I'm uh, I'm game. I can't believe I left fishing out of mine. That's terrible of me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and for those who don't know, Brad is an aspiring fisherman. And we we're all. We're all we're all rooting for him. Yeah, that picture is never seeing the light of day. Please post it. No. Yeah. <laughs> all right, but for a landmark. Yeah. All right. So, so we have a bunch of questions that I think are all kind of tied to the same thing. We got questions about: Have we ever done an episode where we detailed our entire sales process? Um, have we ever run a soup done a soup to nuts analysis of how to run a seminar? 
when to hire a coach. Do we, we've mentioned coaching before. Do we coach other advisors? I feel like these are all in the same camp of question and can go any, any number of directions. So I threw them all together because we're not going to have time to do them individually. <laughs> so fire away. I think a lot of those questions are kind of the inspiration for why. And we've been asked, Hey, are you guys going to do a mastermind? Are you going to do some kind of e- event where we can come and learn and um, some kind of a retreat, some kind of conference. And, and that's what kind of we're putting together for 2023. So stay tuned for that. Um, but, but I think one of the most important things in this business is, is find a mentor, find a mentor who's currently in the business. Um all four of us, we're, we're in the trenches. We're still building. We're not sitting there in plateau businesses. We're still, I'm still in prospective client meetings every single week. I vent to these guys sometimes when I meet with somebody who's just a, you know, a dipshit or somebody like that. That's <laughs> not somebody I want to work with, but uh, I'm kind of the loose cannon of the group, as Jim says. Uh, but uh, but yeah, find a mentor. Because they they can kind of keep you going. Because so often we feel like we're on an island in this business, and you're kind of, you know, you're kind you've got you're in a boat, and there's one paddle, and it's just you. It's just you, baby. And uh, if if you can get some support, find it, and uh, especially with some people that's got that have some experience. Yeah, I, I echo what Greg says um, in a lot of ways, and I I think. Um... I, to answer the question, have we done a deep dive on seminars or this? Guys, there's not enough time in a 30-minute fi- um, podcast to do a deep dive on sales process. Like th- This is something that absolutely will make you millions of dollars in your business over your lifetime. Uh, people go to – if you go to Sandler Sales Training, what is it, Greg? It's 12 weeks, something like that, or eight weeks? Yeah, there, there's different packages, and of course, um, you know they have like a foundations training, and then they have like a mastery. Uh, you start off with the the foundations, but um, you, you know that that is a good course. It's it's it is very very ex- you know well, <laughs> expensive is kind of one of those words. It's kind of uh, it's going to mean different things to different people, right? So, um, but but it's it's probably worth it. So, yeah, I, I um I, I think that I think the reason I say that is because these aren't something that. We, in our, in our podcast, we're trying to we're trying to take that low hanging fruit that we can give you, and we're telling you that obviously there's opportunities to improve your sales process. But if you if you really want to if you really want to dial in on that seminars processes investment management, look, um, you're going to need to go and go to somebody who's doing a, an incredible job at that. I mean, that's how we all basically learn things. I mean, you, you go to you go to college and you have a professor teach you about math. And you're hoping that he's not a doofus, like he actually is a good mathematician. Like this is the idea. Like you go to people who know how to do things to learn, and um, that's why you, Greg mentioned finding finding a uh, a mentor, and that's why you know when when all these folks have asked us about our mastermind or conference, that's why we're going to do this because I do think I do think if you're going to talk about sales process, we need five hours to dive into it. If we're going to do a seminar. It's not just showing you the seminar. There's like 15 or 20 steps before the seminar even starts to make it effective. Like there's just so much content there. Let me let me jump in right there. When I when I started doing seminars, I thought there was like some magic mailer. And as long as I had that like magic mailer that was working for Jim, I would have the success that there's like so much more to do in seminars. It's that mailer is just like one small piece. One piece. Yeah. And that's true of a sales process. That's true of systems. Yeah. And the seminar thing, I think 
getting to the seminar is equally important as delivering it. And then the follow-up also equally, you know, I think people probably focus on, oh, I'd love to see the seminar. No, what you want to see is the work behind the scenes that made the seminar happen. Yep, exactly. In the follow-up after. Yeah. And I I think that's what we've, we get a lot of requests, guys, from just questions all the time. I think we can pretty succinctly answer the coaching question at this time, maybe not when to hire one, but whether we're currently taking on anyone right now. And I think that we universally say that answer is no. Agreed? Yeah. Um, yeah. Our, our dockets are full for right now. Yeah. But that's where this idea kind of comes from. We can't, you know, the zooms and the fireside chats are, are, are helpful, I think. And they're fun. Uh, hopefully people get value out of the podcast, but some of these more granular questions, we can't, they can't be answered in an hour. Yeah. And here I want to ask, I want to, I want to ask Jeff a question around this. Cause he's been pretty quiet on this topic, but you know, Jeff, reality is if I wanted to come and learn your systems, can you teach me your systems in 30 minutes? It's no. I mean, it's no, 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 no is the answer. I'll just tell you what I'm thinking about as I'm listening to you guys talk. I've got an eight-year-old kid who's been playing baseball for two years. And I ask him, are you watching videos about baseball instead of watching crappy stuff? He's like, no, I already know how to play baseball after two years. I asked him the same about basketball, which he's been playing all for about three weeks, and he is very unnatural at it. And he's like, no, I already know how to play basketball. And it's like, okay, look at the money some people spend to go to college for four years, like $20,000 a year for four years. Um, And even then, you don't have whatever it is that you studied master. Um, And it's really easy for those of us in this business, or many anyway, to stop the learning process and stop thinking they need to spend time and money and effort on improving. And so it's sometimes we overthink these things. It's like uh, eight-year-olds don't know it all. And those of us uh, five, 10, and even 15 years into the business don't know it all. And um, so that is, I think, you know, really the the main thing is, are you really committed to getting better and that putting in the time and effort and in some cases dollars it's going to take in order to get better? Yeah. yeah, we don't know. We don't know it all either. We learn. I, I mean, I learn on a weekly basis almost from you guys from from doing this and from our group chat. I, but that's what makes us different is we've got four of us that have actually done it uh, here together in one place. Unlike a lot of our peers that talk a big game, but many have not really even done it. <laughs> from what I see, yeah. What's accurate, or or in you guys know like the vast majority of coaches in this business were failed advisors or people that decided they wanted to start off coaching realtors and then realize financial advisors are willing to spend more money than realtors, so right. they they switch gears. I, I think I think Jeff makes a really good point um, around all this is that you know just like uh, just like everything you're going to have to make an investment in yourself and. You're going to have to, when when you do that, you're really going to have to seek out and you're going to, have to be willing to pay for some of this stuff, whether that's, whether that's buying books, whether that's a payment in time, whether that's finding a mentor and going and watching them. There's a lot of ways and paths to do this. So I think there's a lot of great opportunities out there. Um, as we kind of wrap up um, this episode, any final thoughts out there? Let's just go, go over to Greg. Let's have some final thoughts for you around, uh, around these questions or anything you thought that just kind of stood out to you. Yeah, Jim, uh, you mentioned books. You know what people do. A lot of people know Nick Murray. They've they've bought his books. What's it? The Game of Numbers is the uh, the one that's very popular, or the 
the, the excellent finance investment advisor, or whatever it's called. Those are, you know, so, so that's maybe the first place to start if, if you're wanting to kind of, you know, expand your knowledge and, um, but, but don't, don't stop there. That's, that's a good starting place. You can find those on Amazon or eBay or wherever. Um, if anybody reads books nowadays, but, but I, I've got all those somewhere. Uh, and, um, you know, there's what the million dollar financial advisor practice or whatever it is. The the guy from Merrill Lynch wrote that, Yeah, uh, lot, you know, very, very popular books, but, but, you know, like I said, don't stop there. Find a mentor. This is the best advisors are those that are students of the game that I have met that they're like, they have, they are just like continuous committed learners and they just want to keep getting better and better and better not only in the, in themselves their own skills and, and knowledge but the service that they're providing for their clients the, you know the top advisors are thinking okay how can we improve the service that we're providing to current clients every single year and and you got to learn from the i think the best way is to learn from other people yeah how about you Brad final thoughts today I just want to elaborate on what I said about uh, we can't cover all this stuff in a half hour episode or an hour. Um, keep the questions coming though. Keep participating in the Facebook community. Keep firing the questions away, and we'll do uh, we'll do the best we can to get to as many as we can. Definitely, yeah. And I think it's great. These questions are fantastic. So yeah, I agree completely. Pop those questions over, and uh, we'll do our best. Jeff, how about you? Final thoughts for today's show. Be open to change. And I'm about to say something I would have never thought I would have said a year ago. Uh, good gin is better than cheap bourbon. <laughs> I, I have no idea what that means, but I'm going to guess the alcoholics on, of our listeners. Or <laughs> No, I hear what you're saying. For I sure. opened myself to change. I was yeah. stuck where I was. I thought bourbon was the end. And <clears throat> I found out there's a whole other world I didn't know existed. So good gin is better than cheap bourbon. You, you better trademark that. It's a great saying. Uh, you know, I, I think I would leave you leave the listeners with this is that um, oftentimes people think that when they get their their Series 7 or 65 or they get CFP or AIF or whatever after their names, they think that's enough. They think that's where the learning is. Guys, those credentials do not teach you how to connect with clients, how to build your practice. They teach you a lot of great things, uh, but invest in yourself. Uh, it's going to take more than a, a CFP or a Series 65 to be successful in the business. So find a mentor, invest in yourself. I'd love to be open to change and everything else you guys said. Hey, uh, we want to thank you for listening to the show. It's been a hell of a year for us as we've we've done this. We've had just amazing uh, response to this. I, I think it's exceeded our expectations. Uh, if you want to connect and ask some questions and get some of our feedback, remember on our we do live events on our Facebook group. So look, if you're willing to connect and want to listen, uh, I, I promise we don't pitch anything. There. We just have conversations. It's the Financial Advisors Edge community on Facebook. You can uh, also find that right in the show notes. So click on the show notes and there's a link to join. And obviously our, uh, our website's on there as well. But more than anything, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening to the show. Check us out at thefinancialadvisorsedge.com if you want to learn more about us. If you enjoyed the content, make sure to leave us a five-star review and tell your friends about us. The opinions that are expressed in the shows are that of each host only and don't necessarily reflect the opinion of the other hosts. Like the weather, our opinions can change. This podcast isn't intended to provide tax, legal, or investment advice. Always consult with a qualified professional. We cannot guarantee our opinions or forecasts are right. See you next week.